Empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello, welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale, and I am so thrilled that you are listening in this month. You know, every now and then in life, you get an opportunity to meet someone that you have admired for a really long time. And you always hope that it goes well, and you really hope that they are just as amazing as you always suspected that they were. And this past year, I had the opportunity to meet someone that I've admired and respected from a distance from a very long time. And I am so thrilled that she is my guest on our podcast this month. Her name is Patsy Caminetti. Now, if you are already connected with this woman and the powerful ministry that she carries, then you know that she carries a reputation for communicating authentic truths that take you to a deeper level whenever you get a chance to hear from her. She carries a reputation as being a profound author and speaker, and she has this way of taking the realities of the doctrines of our Christian faith and making them come alive. And not just come alive, but deposit something on the inside of you. What I loved about getting to spend time with Patsy is the reality of Jesus that she lives in. The love of God literally exudes out of this woman. She and her husband, Tony Caminetti, pastor Rama Family Church just outside of Brisbane, Australia. They both got their start at Kenneth Hagen Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where for many years, Patsy was an instructor at Rama Bible College. She and Tony then went on to open Bible schools in Italy, Singapore, Australia, where they live today, and most recently, they've opened Bible schools in Papua New Guinea, which is home to some of the world's unreached people groups. This conversation with Patsy was really a treasure because typically people get to hear from her on conference stages all over the world. But to get her in this intimate setting and to hear from her heart as she shared truths and revelation that God recently deposited into her and she released them in her brand new book, Engendered, which is just absolutely a right on time message for today. You are gonna love this conversation with her. We had so much fun, but oh my word, the things that she had to say. I have listened to it myself three times over already. So I want you to sit back and really find some quiet time to take this in. Enjoy this conversation with our podcast guest and now my very special friend, Patsy Caminetti. We are so glad that you joined the podcast today and so thankful for all of you that listen in monthly. It's been so cool to meet so many of you on the road and find out that you listen every month. And this time, you are not going to be disappointed. In fact, I have been like leaking it to people over the last couple of weekends that I have a podcast guest coming up that they are not going to want to miss. And that day is finally here. So I am so thrilled to have my guest, Reverend Patsy Caminetti, 
all the way from Australia, Reverend Patsy. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you for asking me. I feel like I'm just right with you in your living room, and I'm so happy to be with the people who are on your podcast. Well, it is a great a great honor. I got to share about a month ago in a meeting we were both in how grateful that I have been for your ministry, but also I remember going to Bible school at 17, 18 years old, and I was so thrilled to find out there was a woman preacher. I didn't <laughs> see a lot of those growing up in church, and I was just so thrilled. And I remember I didn't hear one word you preached because the whole time all I was thinking was, Okay, let me get this straight. She is a woman and she is standing strong in the call of God on her and and the word that God's put in her heart. And I thought, okay, okay, this can be done. It's so neat because I have come across so many individuals that have been impacted by your ministry and the word that's come through you through the years. But specifically, of course, a lot of women too that just went, oh yeah, it just, it was a marker for me. And well, that's uh, a blessing, Jen. I'm so thankful. Yeah. You don't even think about that. You know, a lot of times you don't realize, you know, just desiring to say what God wants to say in that moment, what it actually will bring about in anybody's life, you know? Yeah. Isn't that something? Well, you have just been that for so many, but definitely for me. So it's just an extra special joy to get to spend this time with you. And so usually on the podcast, what we do is I will ask our guests a few questions just to get to know you a little bit. And so I thought we would jump right into those if you are good with that. I'm good. Let's do it. Okay. So big, really deep question. What is your preference? Are you a coffee woman or a tea woman? This is the way it happens for me. Okay. My husband makes me coffee every morning. So wonderful. So he makes me coffee and brings it to me wherever it is I am. And that is a decaffeinated coffee. Isn't how boring? But anyway, decaffeinated coffee. And he puts all kinds of stuff in it. I love it. And flavor it. And then the rest of the day is tea. So you're both. You really yeah, all things to all people. <laughs> well, I would never, I was never so much tea until Singapore. And then I also, uh, then Australia is another commonwealth, British commonwealth. So everybody's about tea here. And so I like tea. Yeah, tea is like, good. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So you are out at a cafe or a Starbucks What's your go-to drink typically? It's a decaffeinated flat white. It's so boring. Yeah, but those are but, good. Yeah, oh yeah. And when I am close to the Thanksgiving or Christmas, I do like those flavors in there. Okay. Even though they're a bit sweet. I do like it. Yeah, I love the pumpkin thing and Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. Okay, those are great answers. Next question. So what is a book either you are reading or you've recently read any kind of book that just kind of like grabbed your attention for whatever reason? Mm, that's really hard if we're going to narrow it down to one because I, I do like I graze a little bit. Yeah. There is a go-to book that I like Okay. that is by an old author. Yeah. 
His name is E. Stanley Jones. And uh, I've, I've read some of his books, but there is uh, a devotional book that I have found quite interesting. It is called Abundant Living. Wow. It's so rich, and it really focuses on all different kind of angles on Jesus. Yeah, I love that. Abundant Living by Abundant Living. Stanley Jones. Okay, and then our last question, and I thought this would be just kind of sweet and fun to ask you because most people that follow your ministry know of the tremendous family that you come from. And so Uh what is a piece of advice or wisdom that your mama gave you that always kind of stuck with you? Well, my mother is a champion for family, a wonderful wife to my my father and a wonderful pastor's wife. Yeah. But I'd say... A real chunk of her ministry was in the home. And so she ministered a lot to us and still does in in prayer. This is her piece of advice. She said families need to sit down and eat one meal together a day. Oh, I love that. I know. And she did. We did that. And she said nobody should have phones or distractions or anything like that. They need to uh, just, they just need to be together at the table and and you need to partake of each other while you're eating food. Wow. But that was kind of interesting. That is. I love that. That's so good. No cell phones, no distractions, no, no TV on. No. Just be yeah. together. Invest in each other. Yeah. That is yeah. precious. Well, I know yeah. that must have come in handy through the years, and I want to give our listeners just a little bit of history. So you and your husband, Pastor Tony Caminetti, are in Australia. Now, you're just outside of Brisbane, is that right? Yes. Okay. In a city called Logan. It's one of the larger cities of Australia. How many years That's have we all been there now? Twelve. Twelve years. Twelve years. You know, we've lived outside of America for... 25 years. Wow. But these 12 are the longest we've lived in one city. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. So you all have led and pioneered Bible schools in Singapore, in Italy, and uh-huh. now in Australia, and have planted Rama Family Church there in Australia. That is an amazing church. Yes, it is. It's a wonderful church. We love it. We yeah. just love our, we have the best people. And uh, I'll add to, just because it's so interesting, we do also have two Bible schools in Papua New Guinea. Yes. That is very interesting because there's still unreached people groups there. Amazing. And so we just graduated a group of people who, um, uh, there were 16 of that whole group that came from a remote village that they had to swim two rivers, swim, no bridges. They had to swim two rivers, go through jungles for four days, and no roads. That's like something out of a movie. It's out of a movie, I'm telling you. And they they have gotten so changed, so filled. They have become, during their time in school, uh, become soul winners, got people healed, 
that part of our program really activates people to winning souls and getting people healed and learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and in direction, you know, in ministry. And now they've gone home. So they're swimming those two other rivers the other direction, going home like different people. Amazing. That's exciting. And this next year, 2019, is going to be a real apostolic thrust into uncharted areas. So we're excited. So you're there in Australia raising up, training up laborers. And yeah. then at the same time, these incredible schools there in Papua New Guinea. And it's yeah. just moving and I know you all must just have an amazing team to help you steer all that's happening and exploding there we do we do we have people that have been with us for a long long time the whole time that we've been here and then we have some uh, ones that have been added through the years they walk in love they're wonderful people yeah I love it. Well, I wanted yeah. to, first of all, mention, because this is a new release, and then jump into some questions. I was thrilled to get my hands on a copy of your brand new book. It's called Engendered. What was God thinking? Which I love. <laughs> and I know. I love it. I absolutely love it. And the cover is, is just gorgeous. I was reading the book and I, I thought, boy, this book is right on time for so many issues that are facing our culture right now. And yet it's not an issues book. No. You really just in laying out a big picture, I felt like, which I love and I want to talk about. To me, the big picture I took from it was God's original intent. Yeah. The yeah. fracture of humanity and yeah. the effect that had on humankind and the soul. And then so skillfully laying out the true redemptive work of Jesus. Yeah. You know, and you can't talk about that and it not answer the right now questions that right. are really plaguing society surrounded around gender. Oh, yeah. I think that if people don't go back to the beginning of what was God thinking, I mean, living in Australia and looking at the funny animals around here, the kangaroo and the koala and the, you know, just the crazy animals, and then other ones around the world, too, you think, what was God thinking when he made these things? Because there's such variety and what was he thinking with male and female and all these relationships that we have? I think if you don't go back far enough, if you end up just only going to the law, you end up representing Moses, which is beautiful. And in its truth, and it's right, and it's holy. But you can actually then not represent the way that Jesus presented truth. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth that makes people free yeah. uh, came by Jesus Christ. Jesus always went back to his father. Yeah. So Jesus didn't represent Moses, although he fulfilled the law perfectly, yeah. impeccably. But Jesus actually felt the responsibility to represent his father. He represented him immaculately you know yeah. so much so that he said if you see me you've seen the father and so 
Jesus didn't represent the law. He didn't bring the law. He brought grace and truth, the ability to actually then, by his grace and truth, live and fulfill the law, but not not by people trying and enforcing it on themselves and on other people. So, pretty interesting. It is. You had this statement um, in the book, and I, I think it was somewhere around page 122. Why did we need the cross? I loved this. You said, because he, Jesus, wanted to change everything Adam brought against the human race and reconcile us to the way the Father first intended it to be. Yeah. And and you really emphasized he came to reconcile everything. Everything. I think, Jen, in the writing of this, it facilitated and forced me to look at what Jesus did every single time I sat down to write, and I, I reckon that I fell in love with him more every day. He was so committed to his Father. He was so committed to us. Yeah. And in going back to the beginning to find how that fracture, that fall, damaged us completely. And thoroughly, every aspect of our beings was affected by that. And then how Jesus was committed to to redeem that and fix that. And then what it cost him to do that. How can you not love him? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. What an amazing Savior he is. Yeah. So much more than, than uh, just heaven. Right. As our home and salvation from hell. Yeah. He saved yeah. us from us, yeah. you know, save us from all of our dysfunctions. So. Yeah. I loved how you, when you were talking about the work of Jesus, you made a statement in there about how you have to, as a believer, identify with what Jesus did on the cross, even though you can't stay there. Because if you don't identify with what he did on the cross, then you're not going to live with the reality he came to bring, which was Christ in you. And I loved how you sort of painted that against a mentality that could slip in of, I feel God in the service. I see God on that minister. You know, I feel God in this room. And we could applaud that and go, oh, wow, that's great. But that is less, comes short of what Jesus came. Absolutely. To accomplish. Uh, What became really real to me now for some time is that it is possible as Christians for us not to live in the reality of all that Jesus bought and paid for and actually live actually some very amazing lives. We can't because people did in the Old Testament. They they had miracles. They had signs. They had interventions for healing and protection, provision. But all of that was in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit's interaction with people through the anointing on prophets and priests and on, on different kings was very evident. So why did you need the cross? Why did you need if you already had miracles, Jesus didn't bring miracles. Yeah, they were already here before. Yeah. He operated in miracles, but 
He didn't introduce them. He didn't introduce healing. He didn't introduce interventions by God. So what was the cross about? And then Jesus' ministry was so miraculous in itself. Then what was that cross? And and heaven, heaven, you know, being born again. But what? How big was that? Yeah. And that mystery of Colossians, the first chapter, in verse 27, the mystery that was hid from ages and generations and now is delivered to us. And yet still, it seems still mysterious in some respects because it still needs to be preached that this mystery is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Jen, Christ in us absolutely revolutionizes every aspect including our gender and the expression of who we are through our gender mm-hmm. and our sex, whether male or female. Yeah. It revolutionized the core of our humanity. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You made this statement talking about that. I loved this. You said, if you, and this is talking about believers, yeah. if you are ricocheting from higher birth realities... Christ in you, to lower birth realities, meaning your humanity, then you are hitting every bump and hole in the road of life. (laughs) I really like that because what a frustrated way to live. And I think a lot of people maybe experience seasons where they feel like they're experiencing, they're hitting every bump and hole in life and can't figure out why because they love the Lord. Yeah. You know, they have a a relationship with him, but can't figure out why. And that, that really removes the room out of that equation between that higher and lower. And it's because of, and you lay this out so good in the book, the place you're living from. Yeah. Very much so. What is revolutionary, Jim, is that Jesus gave all of the human race another opportunity through the new birth to experience life as God intended it to be. What Adam's race suffered as a result of Adam's sin, Jesus, as the last Adam, provided us, and through his death, provided us a death. We can die to what we were and be born again. And so that it's not a cliche, it's not just, you know, terminology that Christianity shares with some New Age groups, you know, the new birth experience and all that. It is absolutely factual. You can die to that old, cursed, and broken, and dysfunctional life and and come up into a blessed one that Jesus actually died and rose again to give us. Do you really, because you nailed this in the book, but you know, there's so much swirling in culture right now, and you mentioned this about genders around Mm -hmm. women finding their place both in our secular culture and even in the church world. Yeah. And finding the right place of that in the godly place of that. And it removes all the fighting for position one way or the other out of it, doesn't it? When you let Christ rule through you and through your gender, as you said. 
Yes. When you see the reality, again, when, what, what was God thinking when he made us in the first place? And if he made both Adam and then uh, took Eve out of him, you know, made a woman, there's no part of God that is less than another part of God, and there's no part of his image that is diminished and delinquent and deficient to another part of God. So a, a woman who is fashioned in the image of God, what part of God is the diminished part that she represents? I mean, who would be so blasphemous as to say, you know, that God has a delinquent part or something that is is diminished and less than? And I think as, as people just know who they are, you'd lose the fight as far as being defensive. And you just be. Don't you think, too, that when you have both genders just being, then you get the fullness of that part of God that they are. Oh, and how they work, they can work and function together, not just as husband and wife, how that they, they reflect and they edify or they yeah. make each other look good yeah. instead of bad. Instead of bad. Yeah. Which is and why so, the enemy would fight that then so much, right? Oh, it's exhausting. And then the measures that you have to go to to defend your rights mm -hmm. actually brings out something ugly. It's so true. I think that God's idea of, of male and female is stupendous and fabulous. Yeah. When both when both male and female are functioning as God created them, they're absolutely amazing. On that, I had written this down and underlined it. I can't give away my copy of your book now because I've just underlined it all. But you said women made in God's image to reflect him. And you said this, how could one part of God be inferior to another? And you said, no, it can't be. And you talked about how when God created Adam in the first place, that he had both genders in him, that yeah. man and woman were in him in the beginning. And I wanted to ask you to talk a little bit about that because I think that that is sort of a jaw-dropping truth for a lot of people to hear. I don't know that, that that biblical foundation, and it's right there in the Word, but I don't know that oh, that yeah. was always taught that way. Talk a little bit about that. It was a very interesting thing that I discovered in creation that there were four different things that God separated. Yeah. He separated the light and the darkness. He separated the firmament from the earth. He separated the land and the sea. And then on the sixth day, at the end of that sixth day, he separated the genders. It's fascinating. And then I found other places in the scripture where God has the ability to separate things and that seem thoroughly mixed and, and inseparable. He can separate them for his purposes. That's like one of God's modes of operation is that separating. That's what he does. You see, anytime you can ever find something in Genesis, it becomes like the lens in which you understand like you said, God's mode of operation. And so way then Peter talks about that God knows how to separate. So and, and so it just is the way that God can work. 
But going back to the male and the female, I did find that fascinating. And I found it among both Jewish and Christian theologians. I used footnotes and stuff like that and, and studied those writings. But I found it was not a unique, like only one person thought of that, about the genders being separated. I've never really ever seen or heard before about those other four things being separated. But I did find, well, it was well-founded that among both Jewish and Christian writers, or theologians really, through those Jew or through those Hebrew words, it's really quite clear. Wow. Really quite. Didn't you find that fascinating? I, I read it twice because yeah. I was reading, because you put all the pieces, you laid it out, yeah. and I... I was reading it going, oh my goodness, at the same time my heart was going, this makes so much sense. That's exactly the way I felt. I just thought, of course. They were both there from the beginning. They were. I love that. Yeah. And God separated them so that through both sexes, male and female, there are different attributes of his person, personality traits that aren't exclusive to one sex or the other, but they are amplified. Some are amplified more in one or another, which I think is fascinating too. So he, he wouldn't have made two if it was just superfluous. It was like, whatever, just something extra. No, he, he wanted it, and the purpose of it was, first of all, to image himself. And then secondary was for them to propagate. Yeah, but it was to image himself. So he, he wanted both of those sexes, male and female, for a good picture of himself in the earth. love that because it answers and puts to rest so many issues. Yeah, it does. You know, um, and create such harmony at the same time. It does. It does. And not combatively either. And without any prejudice or nothing like that. It just is clarity for identity. Wow. This message and conversation is so right on. It's right on point, but it's also so right on time for the place that our culture is in today. And I'm just so grateful for voices like Patsy's that pick up the heartbeat of God and don't just paint us the picture of the problem. She doesn't just bring the right and wrong and what the Word of God says, but she really portrays the heart of God behind it. And I love that about her. Let me just tell you that in part two of this conversation, it really goes into another level. As she takes this into pockets and places of how fractures in humanity play out specifically in different genders and create equations where we begin to try and vie for position and fight for our own place and rights. But when we allow the ministry of the Holy Spirit and God's original plan to put us back together, how beautiful things begin to operate. I don't want you to miss it. Make sure that you check out part two of this conversation. And I know that it's going to inspire you.
That's really the purpose of this podcast and the message and mandate of our heart, and that is to bring you right on time words of encouragement and tools to help propel you in God's destiny and plan for your life. This month, we want to offer you a product that we have that specifically speaks to the timing of your destiny and a message that I released called It's Your Time. This is a message that is available in CD on our website at jentrengale.com. I believe that this message will help you as it did me because it came from my own journey of realizing the timing of God that really launched me into what I'm doing today. So if you find yourself in a similar place of adjusting to and defining your timing for things, I believe this message will benefit you greatly. Check it out on our website, gentringale.com. That message again is called It's Your Time. Hey, thanks for listening in. We are so glad that you have been a part of this podcast and make sure that you catch part two of this powerful conversation around this brand new book release, Engendered, with author and speaker, Patsy Caminetti. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back here soon. Bye-bye.